Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. Maybe we're going to make you laugh, maybe not. We don't care either way. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied as always by my editor and producer, Tom Byers. Our guest again today is Alex Lavelle, returning for his back-to-back show. All right. Uh, you can find us on all podcast platforms and on YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find us on Spotify at The Working Perspectives Podcast. You can join us on the Twitter at Working P Pod and on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. You want to be a guest on the show, email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. All right. Hey, Shake, how you doing, pal? You ready? All right, buddy, let's get this thing started. All right, Shake, let me tell you about this one. Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, this guy, I know you you had him, uh, you met him before. We talked to him a little bit. We cut, we cut the grass with him a little bit there, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he seemed like a nice guy, you know, when you were talking to him before. But uh, he's got a dark side. He's got a sadistic side. He's got a deep secret. Yep. And he likes to uh he likes to strike against, you know, unknowing people that did nothing wrong, that are complete victims. The vulnerable. And he likes to just yeah, he just likes to have at him. So here's what happened, can't right? He control himself. Uh, I'm in no, you can't control him, can't even hold him down. So uh here's what we got going. I'm in sixth grade. That means Alex is in third grade. Right. So uh, we were walkers to school. Right. And sometimes we would ride our bikes. A lot of times we walked. You had to be like a certain age to ride your bikes. Right. Yeah. But sometimes we walked, but we also rode our bikes. Right. When yeah. we were running late, it was the bikes for sure. But uh, mm-hmm. Alex, something something was up with Alex's bike. Right. And his bike, the tires would go flat, like for no reason. And we're like, golly. But uh, my bike, my bike that we've discussed on this show before that we won't say the name, we'll just call it the Rue. Yeah, um, it, it, it was a, a different time. That, yeah, it had a name that we're not allowed to say now. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, either way, we're we're running late for school, and it's me and Alex. And to be fair, uh, my older brother asshole was there as well but he's not involved in this scenario for some yeah reason. well he might or have maybe been he was, was he in I, high school or no he would have been in eighth grade uh he would have still been at this is at saint stan's elementary so he would have still yeah. been there he would have been in eighth grade but he might have yeah. left like on his own or something but so let's way. paint let's paint a little bit of a picture here for the people real quick uh it's just yep. important to note that you guys would be most likely depending on the time of year in a I believe a white turtleneck with a navy yep. blue sweater vest on. Is this yep. is this correct? So at this time, I uh, I think at this time period it was we had the navy blue sweaters, right? But it was a, like a, a baby blue t-shirt and then a plaid tie, then blue pants, like blue slacks, and then you had to have like, you know, like dress shoes. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. This is yeah. 
Also, uh, to be fair, to get to the church, we would have to ride our bikes through a field. Uh, sometimes the field would be wet, and inevitably we'd have like a streak of mud from our tires riding, <laughs> you know, coming up the back. Good Old thing Fourth Street, back, Fourth back Street Park wasn't known for its irrigation. Yeah, so uh, for sure. So either, either way, we're running late, we're running late, we're running late. And I'm like, Alex, let's go. We're going to be late. Like, come on, man. I don't want any more demerits. I'm in detention all the time anyways. He's taking his sweet ass time doing whatever. And uh, so I'm like, fuck it. I'm screw it. I'm leaving without him. Right. So I left without him. So Alex at this point then says, screw this guy and screw the horse he rode in on or the bike he rode in on. The tin right? horse. So he knew he was going to be late. Right. But he was so angry that he was like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to get this son of a bitch. I'm going to make him pay. No one leaves me. No one. So uh, he knew he was going to be late. He had to walk. Yeah. <clears throat> he knew he was going to be late. He had to walk. So what he did was he went in the garage and he got my dad's wrench. Right. And it's an adjustable wrench. And it was a big wrench. And uh, so he walks to school. Right. And he's going to be late. Before getting into the classroom, he goes to the bike racks. Right. And what does he do at the bike racks? He takes the wrench. And he takes all the bolts off of the tires of my bike, right? So oh, that sweet. later, when I be right, we had to go down a big hill to get home. It was a big hill. We had to fly down, right? Yeah. So, so we had to go down a big hill on the way home. So I don't have any bolts on the tires of my bike, which means that my tires could just fly off my bike at any time. <laughs> at any time. Very, yeah. very dangerous. Yeah, Port Aerosmith because, living on the edge. Yeah, definitely living on the edge. And all of this because I spurned a nine-year-old and uh and I said and I left without him. So either Jesus way, uh, what what ends up happening is is that the wrench he brought was a monster, like a big uh, you know, adjustable wrench. He's a little kid, right? And he has, like we said, he's dressed in his church, in his school slacks, his, his uh, Catholic school slacks. So he has the wrench and the bolts shoved in his pockets all day, <laughs> right? <laughs> and eventually, eventually, I think it was either a lunch lady or the teacher smartens up and says, is that, is that a wrench in his pocket or is he just happy to see me, you know? And it was turns a wrench. Out, it, was a, it was a wrench. <laughs> A couple of bolts, you know? <laughs> so they had to come and get me out of class to be like, all right, here's the deal. Uh, yeah, the deal is, uh, so there's a, a psychotic killer on the loose. Uh, that's your little brother. And he took the bolts off the tires of your bike so that you would crash and die on the way home. Uh, <laughs> we found the bolts. We found the wrench. We found the, we found the, you know, the killer. And he, to yeah. be fair, uh, he, had, he had an accomplice as well, helping him hide the evidence of one John Bell. Oh, so let's man. not leave him out of it. He was, he's just as guilty as the rest of them. He knew. Yeah, he, he knew. knew. They knew. He knew. He knew. So either way, oh, the teacher, the, the principal comes and gets me and is like, uh, can you please put the bolts on the on the tires of your bike? I was like, yeah, how'd they get it? You know, she tells me the whole thing. So I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is unreal. So put the bolts back on. Uh, then 
then it's time to leave. And mm-hmm. fancy enough, guess who's asking for a ride on the pegs home? The same guy who tried to kill me by taking the bolts off my tires. No oh, But I was a good older brother, and I let bygones be bygones, and I gave him a ride home on the pegs. And, uh, and we made it home safely because the tires didn't fall off my bike because I put the bolts back on because the teacher caught him with a wrench in his pants. You know. <laughs> so uh, so That's just fantastic. goes to show you, so it just goes to show you all the people that know this guy. No, uh, yeah, he might be, uh, he might be, uh, you know, sweet, sweet and bubbly on the outside, but uh, if he asks you for a ride on on your pegs, don't say no. Yeah, don't say no. Cause yeah, no pegging. You, yeah, it'd be the last thing you do. All right, so I know he's doing great. We talked about it last time. He's doing awesome. All that happy horse shit. Uh, so I'd like to bring him on again, Alex. I know you're doing great and all that stuff. Um, just wanted to ask real quick. Uh, the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. Have you changed your opinion about that movie, or do you still think it's the biggest piece of shit movie ever made? Uh, I mean, I can't say because I've never seen it. So very haven't good. Seen it, very good. Don't, but I, I, I probably won't see it. <laughs> but I can time. tell you that that was the biggest piece of shit story I ever heard <laughs> right there. And it was all like, oh my God, this is how let's, fake let's news cover, happens. Let's, Let's cover some of the facts. True or false? Yeah. Did you take the bolts off my tires? True. True. True well, or false? Well, well, let him speak. Go ahead. Go it. ahead, Alex. Explain yourself. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. The bolts were be... taken off my tires. Yes or no? True or false? True or false that multiple personalities are a thing? All right. So here's what really happened. You hear, I, I'm done with this interrogation. This true or false? You told your story. I'll tell mine. Nine year old. You were nine. So here's 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 what really happened. All right. All right. Let us so, let us have it. So yeah, I was nine years old, and at the yep. time, I had this thing when I would get angry and it was a, a different, I used to psych myself up and it was a different personality. And I would tell my mom, I would say, mom, it wasn't me. I, it was Xander. Xander did it. It wasn't, it wasn't me. It was Alex and there was Xander. Oh no. Xander. So what happened was that, that we used to, we used to get in fights all the time. All the, all time. the time. Like all the time. Like we were a very physical family. We all we all were wrestlers. We just grew up solving things yeah. through fisticuffs, yep. you could say. Yep. And I was the smallest and the youngest. So I but, used would you, foreign would you, Yeah. Would you say family. the fighting was also encouraged at times too? like by the adults uh, yes and no yes and no yeah no yeah not the way we did it i mean um, for me it was guerrilla warfare right like if right. i'm so i'm not, I'm not You're in survival yeah mode. there's matt was definitely at least double maybe triple my size at this yep. time like yeah and i he was big for his age i was yep. like average size but we were three yep. years apart and so yeah 
I was a lot bigger yeah. than you. You had yeah, to use yeah, weapons, yeah. all that stuff. I was just saying, like, there was times, so, like, I was big, I, big for my age, for sure. Tom was kind of small for his age. Our older brother, asshole, was kind of small for his age. And there was times where we would fight and argue, and my dad would make us go to the garage and box, right? Yeah. And at that time, we're, instead of, we didn't want to box. We're like, no, dad, this is done. Please, we would, we just don't want to be exhausted, okay? So let's not do that. All right, but either way, so the fighting was, they knew we were fighting. It was three boys. Fighting was going to happen, right? Well, so either way. Too, so it was four, all four of us fought. All but, um, for sure, but most of the fighting was the three boys. Yeah. So okay. On this morning, right? What we we were latchkey kids. So what that means is our parents would be at work most of the time, and we would let ourselves in and let ourselves out. One of us had a set of keys, and that was just how we did it. So in the morning, yep. my mom would yep. already be at work. So we'd have the house to ourselves, essentially, and it was our job to get ready for school. The night before, since we went to Catholic school, we would lay our uniforms out. The night before, at the fireplace, we'd lay our uniforms out, and that's what we changed yep. into in the morning. Yep. Well, this morning, for whatever reason, I got into a fight with asshole. Big Trump. asshole. Yeah, huge yeah. asshole. We got into a fight. It ended with me getting like thrown across the room in my parents' bedroom Oof. and like Oof. landing on, on the floor and being kind of dazed and yep. confused. And yeah. so by the time I come to and like recover, I, all I see is asshole riding away on the back of Matt's bike. Oh, and Tom, he had like a project, like it was like science fair or something. So he had to be at school earlier. No. So he's like carrying, oh. he's like carrying this science fair stuff on douche. Matt's peg. This is a twist. And, going. An and, and, and this made me piss. Cause I'm like, so I'm fucking walking to school by myself. I'm all fucked up from just getting in this fight. I'm pissed off, but that wasn't really what sent me over the edge. Then I went, to go put my uniform on and i don't know what it was like in your house tom but in my house there were certain clothing items that were in short supply one yes. of them yeah. was socks oh yeah, yeah. we're always Big low time. on fresh socks well i yep. had laid out socks the night before nice clean and fresh lo and behold my socks are missing so Ooh. now i've got to go rustle up a pair now of socks now xander's coming out yeah. right the socks are and gone and xander comes out there oh, it man. was like there was like a moment right i think yeah. maybe i like realized that i was missing the socks and then i ran to the window and i see tom or i see or asshole, asshole on the back of yeah. matt's bike and they're driving right off and then that's like the moment where you know it switch. switched like if it were liar if it were me myself and irene like that's when the music starts playing yeah yeah and i'm like <laughs> yeah so it's like falling so down i fucking got ready i <laughs> took my time i didn't even like rush at this point i was like i'm gonna be late i'm gonna be really late Fuck yeah. it. and so i get yeah so so that's when xander shows up and he's yeah. there he's there to he's rescue me. he's there to save yeah. the day and so, yeah. you know, on my way out, 
I walk, I go into the garage, I, you know, I pick an adjustable, a monkey wrench, as they say, and uh, put it in my pocket, walk to school. The whole way at school, like walking there, I'm like focused, determined, cool Sanders, as a is in. Yeah, He's I'm in. like the fucking He's night stalker walking through this field. <laughs> I'm like going there, like I know exactly what I'm doing. In a little Catholic school uniform. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, and yeah. I was, it yeah, was spring. And everything. It was spring. So there was no tie, actually. I was wearing um, a polo shirt and oh, okay. khaki yeah. shorts. Yeah. And if so, you'll, yeah. I'll remember this. I remember this because later on, I realized I was wearing the wrong uniform for the day. It was actually my gym day. Anyway, Ooh. so that's why I remember yeah. what I was like wearing. A, this is like the butterfly effect, man. All this yeah, stuff. Very intense. So I get, I go, I get there, I get to the school and I walk right up to the bike rack. Matt got another fact wrong. Third grade, you weren't old enough to ride your bike to school. I didn't have a flat mm-hmm. tire and I actually knew how to change my, to, like to change shit on my bike. That's why I grabbed the wrench. I like that summer I had like spent working on my bike. I was, I was psyched about it. So yep. I knew what to do. So but I wasn't old enough. You had to be like fifth grade or something to mm. ride your bike to school. And mm. so I get there and I go right up to his bike and I take off the front tire because he's got pegs on the back tire. He had these big uh, yeah. pegs that you'd have Auto to use. Pegs. Yeah, you'd have to use a socket wrench to get in there and take those off. So I didn't have you that. Fit so that and the monkey wrench in your pocket. Well, no, I just, I, one, one tire was enough. So I took off the, I took the yeah. bolts off the front tire and while I'm out there working on it, Mr. Alfie, the, uh, the maintenance man. Janitor. Yeah. Janitor slash maintenance. While you're out there, the janitor. Don't, yeah. Don't he walks it. by and is looking at me and I just was like, nod my head. Keep on going. Keep on doing yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, this kid's like, an hour late, and he's, yeah. and he's working on. I was like, yeah, weird. That guy was down He was like, he was like, okay. It didn't yeah. didn't didn't bat an eye. Just kept on going. I was like, yeah. He's you, so bored. He just wants to see. I don't know. This is right. Good. So yeah. like, I'm a third grader at this point. You didn't need a note to be to get to school late. They changed this the next year, but you didn't need a note to get into school late. Mm. So I just walk up into the office. We were late all the time. We were fucking latchkey kids. We all we were time. in charge of our schedule. So we yeah. were late. You just go to the office. You get a note from the office. You don't even get in trouble. Not in third grade, you know? And so I walk, go into my, you know, classroom. And the problem was I had the wrench in my pocket mm-hmm. and I, I didn't put it in my bag because I didn't want to like take it out and have somebody see it. People were already looking at me because I'm like Smart. coming in late. So I was like, shit. Yeah. So I kept it. You should have made the transfer when you're walking from the bike rack to the office. Yeah. So then, you know, I'm sitting in class. I've got the bolts. I've got the, I've got everything in my pocket. And that's when it, you know, the nerves, right? Like it's a whole day at school. I'm nine years old. Yeah. I just, I just took the bolts off my brother's bike. I haven't gotten away with it yet. Yeah. It's a whole day. So I kind of started fucking with myself. And uh, Xander, Xander was fucking with you. Well, Xander was coming and going at this moment. Like he was there when I did the bike, 
But then once I got into Xander, class, Xander skipped the spelling test. Well, once the bike <laughs> thing was done and the wrench was in my pocket, you know, I Xander, I got myself in, got like yeah. his pop from the from the from yeah. like you know yeah he like, the deeds. like I got my fix. He pieced right, out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He pieced out, and, and so Xander's I was in class. Right, so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "Oh, this is crazy, shit!" <laughs> like, I got the fucking wrench in my pocket. And I might have showed John Bell and been like, "Shit, look at this!" And, and he was he like, would've, "What?" He would have said, "Dude." <laughs> but there's multiple <laughs> things happening going on. So, another way that John Bell ties into the story is we had an ongoing feud with a lunch lady named oh. Mrs. Coffee. Oh, an ongoing feud. Yeah. Well, whatever. That who might have been named Mrs. Yes. Mrs. You had an Mrs. ongoing Mrs. feud with the lunch lady. Yeah. So we had an ongoing feud with this lunch lady, Mrs. Hot Chocolate. We'll call <laughs> Mrs. Okay. Anyway, so Miss so she Beverage. Mrs. Folgers. Mrs. Beverage, and uh, Mrs. Folgers. How about that? And so we were. Um, so that day, I have been like a little hyper because of all this nerves going on, not knowing if I'm going to get in trouble. So my teacher makes yep. this kind of like funny remark to the lunch lady before lunch and is like, Alex has got a lot of energy today. Make him make sure he does some laps around the around the playground. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So we get out to the fucking playground and this bitch wants me to do laps <laughs> around the playground and i was like nothing what worse. i'm like you know she wasn't serious right like i'm i'm explaining this to you i'm nine so you're a third and grader yeah. trying to explain the subtlety that like a teacher I'm is like, just being like facetious. it was a joke yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> so then he takes herself too seriously yeah. So yeah. she tells me to do laps. Well, here's the problem. Fucking Xander. Xander. He's still he's in the background. So he's like, oh, he's like, this bitch wants you to do laps. All right. I got that. We start doing some laps. We start doing some laps, just like casually walking around the thing, around the uh our half of the parking lot right where we have recent yeah yeah so we're doing i'm doing laps and i so xander decides he's gonna fuck with mrs folgers so i first started walking by and i put the bolts from the tires or from the things (laughs) in my mouth and i smiled at her and i had these bolts in my mouth and she (laughs) she didn't get it and then i'm like you know like tossing i'm like like moving them around in my hand or something and she doesn't get it well third time around xander xander throws them at her just throws the bolts at the back of her head because she wasn't even looking i was like xander was like you know you're you're making me do laps you're not even gonna watch take this bitch oh so then she starts well, where did where are these coming from? I mean, I don't just got the bolts. I got the washers, and I've got the wrench. <laughs> and so, I'm taking stuff out of my pocket. These are deep khaki pockets. They're blue khakis, but they're deep pockets. They didn't see it. I was amazed at how well a wrench. Now we're gonna let's go back. This is before Columbine. I know I'm not supposed to say this, 
but <laughs> but like you could literally a third grader could walk into school with a monkey wrench in his pocket and nobody notices like nobody noticed nobody they didn't see it they didn't oh he's got something they didn't see it maybe they thought it was a you know i don't know so what year would this have been like 94 or something 95 they could have thought it was pogs for all i know but so you got some pogs yeah yeah exactly so so that's when this uh, the other lunch lady gets involved who was even worse she was like the hamburger she was like this and so she gets involved and they're like it's like from james and the giant peach it's like the evil ants and they're like delighted about these things that they're finding they're like where'd you get all this and i'm like from the bike rack they're like what what's going and that's when it started to unfurl right and i'm like yep they're from my brother's bike i took the tire off my brother's bike like that's what happened. That's great. I just, I just like came out with it, right? So the ah. rest of the day is like this circus. So then Xander pieces out again, and then I'm all there, yeah. and I'm like nervous. I'm getting in trouble, and it's like this circus. And then my teacher doesn't yeah. know. She's like, I don't even know how to deal with this. And then the vice principal is talking to me, and then Matt's teacher, who there's a lot of questionable things about this one too. Yeah, yeah. I know I know you're talking former about. nun. And yeah. then she's roommates with one of the other teachers. I mean, I don't care, right? Obviously, yeah. I'm fine I'll with be, that. But then like yeah. you're like she's also teaching religion class. Sounds yeah. like a hypocrite to me. Just saying. Yeah. So then we yeah. we get to, you know, I'm like outside their classroom. I could like see Matt at his desk and she's like telling me, like, you know what could have happened to him. He could have, he could have died and blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, lady. Like, let's be, let's be on real quick. So just to let's recap this, right? This was asshole's fault that Xander came into the picture, right? Right. right. The two people that would have suffered from asshole's actions, what were me and you? Asshole wouldn't. Yeah, even yeah, have yeah. No, 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 no. Well, there was something else I remember that Matt that Matt did. And I'm just, and now I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, when <laughs> I, when, when I went through the window and saw Tom, saw asshole driving off with my socks, wearing yeah. my socks, your fresh socks, with, you know, holding his science project on the back of Matt's chariot as they drove away. <laughs> I also heard a laugh. A maniacal, oh, 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 wow. <laughs> maniacal wow. henchman, henchman, crony laugh. Wow, coming from none other but the driver of that bike. And I thought, the I don't think shit. Xander showed up, and he th- he thought, you know what? You want to laugh? Wow, I'll give wow. you something to laugh about. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so. So, so that shit all happened. And then I'm in third grade. Uh, who knew they can't do shit. I got uh, the biggest thing. <laughs> you can't give a third grader detention. But at least they didn't. And so I got a conduct referral. They sent me home. <laughs> but here's the thing. Matt also got this part of the story wrong. He did not give me a ride home on my, on his pegs. What oh. happened? <laughs> Cause I was avoiding Matt at the end of the day. I wasn't like about to go up to him and be like, Oh, Hey, how are you doing? No, I was avoiding Matt. 
but who do I see when I'm walking home? But asshole. And asshole is thrilled. This story has gotten to him. It's gotten through the school. He is delighted. This is the funniest thing he's ever heard. This is so awesome. He loved it. Yeah. So at this point, I'm thinking survival, right? Like, you know, I got to live with these people when I get back home. So I can't have both of them be in a fight. So I let bygones be bygones with asshole. And he is really enjoying what I just did. And we're walking home and we look behind us and behind us on that big hill Matt was talking about is Matt walking with his bike all the way home. (laughs) (laughs) So he had to walk his bike home (laughs) from school. And that just, uh, that was the icing on the cake, really. All's well that ends well. Yeah, the best part was my mom ended up, had come home sick from work that day. She had like strep throat or some shit. And so she was like sick on the couch when we got home and I hid in the basement and fell asleep inside our winter clothes storage container. And then they were all worried (laughs) that I ran away. And by the time I like woke up and like came out, they were just, she didn't give a shit. I didn't give any trouble. Nothing. Must be nice. That's so good. Yeah. So so that's the story. That's what happened. I don't remember walking home. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't. So, so you guys would yeah. say there's a uh, there's a long history of your older brother Tom, aka asshole, uh, you know, kind of meddling, kind of sowing some chaos in, in every every endeavor you guys have, huh? Oh, he's an asshole. What are you gonna yeah, do? Yeah, you know, when I was, uh, I remember one time I had a a friend of mine, um, I don't know, if he, Pete McCormick's brother, and I were good friends, and his dad. Yep said to me once that he was like he felt like i pulled the strings right like uh, in our group of friends i was like pulling the strings on what was going on i would say tom was like that with us that's kind of where i learned Mm. it from he was like a string Mm. puller he would just pick on the right person asshole would do that to kind of always be in in control Mm. yeah pitted us against each other a lot so big time big time asshole and he'll never get it. He'll never be able to defend himself on this year podcast, which is kind of it's not our fault. It's not our fault. All right. Maybe yeah. the P triple A got into his history of stealing socks and riding on pegs with science projects and <laughs> being an asshole. All right. So maybe uh, his transgressions are coming back to kick him right in his face. I'd like to see that science to project to be honest, you know, I don't think it won. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I bet there weren't it didn't, it didn't win anything. <laughs> My science project, eighth grade, won the science fair. Booyah! Connection between taste and smell. Smoke it. Yep. Pretty nice. <laughs> Pretty nice. I had some geniuses on my on my squad. That's why we won. Was I had yeah. nothing to do with me, as you can tell. Uh, but either way, okay, great, great, Alex. Great rendition. I uh, yeah. don't really know if yours is the truth. I mean. You're telling it from, uh, you know, a, a third-person point of view, really, because it's it's Xander, right? I wish we could get Xander here and get the scoop, but yeah, we can't. What can we do? Unfortunately, you don't want Xander. Here, yeah, so. <laughs> I don't think we. I don't think the world wants Xander. <laughs> You're so, not ready for uh, Xander. Right. Xander doesn't do podcasts. No one's, 
Xander Xander doesn't do anything but be Xander. Well, All at right. least so, at least you guys spent a good hour uh, debating back and forth on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A solid, constructive hour where I told a true story and Alex said something. And so, neither of you agreed on what happened. Uh, well, the one thing that is true is that Xander tried to kill me. We'll just say that. Um, so wouldn't be the first let, time. Yeah, wouldn't be the last time either. Uh, so, all right. So let's move it on down. Move it on down the road, okay? Uh, so we got another new segment coming to the show, right? This segment has been red hot, been a hit. Uh, we're talking about your favorite, my favorite, everybody's favorite. It's memory lame. Where do these bizarre memories come from? So in English, if you say this is lame, when you're describing something, uh, what you are saying is that it's not cool, it's not awesome, uh, it's not interesting. Now that's Emery lame as in lame as in not cool like Xander. All right. So <laughs> lame, L-A-M-E. This is where we bring up a topic from our childhood or from the from the 90s, that era, and we vote on it to see if it's lame or if it's totally radical, bro. Uh, so, okay. So uh, being that uh, Alex is the guest, Alex, do you have an item for us for memory lane? I do. I do indeed. Hit us. Hit me. My item is a board game. Kind of. Mm. And it's called Crossfire. It's sometime in the future. One of the most misleading commercials <laughs> for a game next to Mousetrap. Oh, Mousetrap. Oh, yes. Damn it. It took mine, you son of a bitch. Was that yours? Ha! No. <laughs> hey, this, this is Crossfire's um, moment. Let's stick with Yeah, this is Crossfire's moment. I mean, Crossfire's moment doesn't have to be Man, that wrong. That commercial, that commercial was great. Yeah. commercial. You just oh, thought it was going to be so much fun. Yeah, it was like an oh. action movie. I think that's Hours, like Michael oh, Bay. Like, they were ideas. like floating on these, you know, hoverboards and like yeah. fighting each other yep. and like hitting yep. things back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Crossfire. Whoa, crossfire. Game of the future. So with Dude, Crossfire, there was two, up. there was two like guns on each side, right? Uh, and yep. And you had these guns. marbles okay. that would shoot. Yeah. And then there would be the spinny like a, things. Star, yeah, it's like a star-shaped kind of thing in the middle. And you had to shoot the star-shaped thing to your opponent's side. Yeah. yeah. And, and it in, just would in, uh, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this was a true game crossfire. of uh, this was a true game of civility because the reality is, especially us younger brothers know this, your yep. older brother could just kind of lift the board up and hit the board and, every and, time. That's how they would do it. That's how they well, would do it. Or you would it both end up honor. lifting the board <laughs> and then it would just be <laughs> yeah, up in the air. Yeah. 
<laughs> that would yeah, happen. Well, too. then, that, and then yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, I, gosh, I'm trying to think how many times I played Crossfire because it's I like, don't think we had was, it. it. Was over. Yeah, that was one of those. We, I, we had my house for sure. Yeah, that was one of those games that you would see on TV all the time. And be uh-huh. like, bro, that's, and then like never see it. Yeah. And then like have one friend be like, bro, you got Crossfire Ball. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. And, and the, the buyers, the buyers household had two of the most famous junk drawers of all time. We had what was considered a slightly organized junk drawer, which actually had tools and stuff that like my mom and my dad right. would use. But then it had a truly like chaotic junk drawer with nothing but baseball Ooh, cards. Baby. And like weird combs. Do you guys have a bunch of combs <laughs> laying around when you were kids? Uh, and then one of the other no. ones, one, there would always be the crossfire little pieces, the little purple yeah. pieces. And they would just yep, be in that purple. drawer, like with no, like no reason to ever save them. Like if you're my parents, like what the hell would you be saving them for? It might still be there. Maybe I'll get, I'll get my little brother to take it. Could have had an ultimate game of crossfire with multiple. Yeah. With extra pieces on the board, could have modded Cross up that board. Fire! Yeah. Did they ever have a four? Because it was only two people could play at a time. Did they ever have a four-way crossfire? Crossfire! We're, I mean, we're all thinking all right. of those now. With the oh, don't don't. We we mentioned two more games that. Come I'll on, bleep them out. Come How on, that? I'll bleep them. Out. Give, <laughs> I'll bleep yeah, them give give crossfire its due. All right, so we is we, getting three bleeps. <laughs> yeah, we're, <laughs> bleep, we're, bleep, getting, bleep we're uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, okay, so we've discussed enough, we've deliberated. Uh, Alexander, uh, Alexander Lavelle, what is your ruling on Crossfire? Is it lame or radical? I'm I'm gonna say radical, yeah, okay, nice, nice choice. Shake, rattle, and roll. What do you got, babe? Uh, this is. I want to say lame because it ended up being like nobody has great memories playing Crossfire, but the commercial by itself, I think, just wins it. Yeah, I, yeah. I think the commercial yeah. is more important than the game itself in many ways. Agreed. So yeah, I'm gonna Agreed. go. I'm gonna go rad. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna round it out with a Mondo rad because that yeah. commercial was like sometimes you change the Epic. channel. You're never, you're never changing the channel when Crossfire commercial is on. That's yeah. the that's a that's a '90s yeah. staple. That commercial. Man, yeah. think about the the haircuts the in that commercial. Jingle. Yeah. Oh. Up in the- and then and then the washed up the washed up like '80s hair metal guys. Whoever wrote it, just doing a mountain didn't of blow and writing that didn't song. They leather, <laughs> didn't they have leather gloves on too? If I remember they correctly. Like, yeah, they were. It was like Tron, kind of like they were like Finger, suited up, like ready to go yeah yeah hey man don't get caught up in the don't get caught up in the all right yeah Mm -hmm. hell of a name of a band all right so uh okay that was great so we got a mondo rad on the books mondo rad with crossfire as it should be okay uh shake rattle and roll do you have a memory of lame for us (laughs) i do um let's go with yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. How about we go with Captain Planet? Oh. Earth. Wind, water, hot, go, planet! Your power 
powers combined, I am Captain Planet. Captain Planet, he's a hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. He's our powers magnified, and he's fighting on the planet side. Captain Planet, he's a hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. Gonna help him put asunder bad guys who like to Baby, he's a hero. Gonna bring police down. That's a good one. I already, I, that's, that was a, that was a great show. Let's be real. It was an absolutely bizarre show. What were the, what were the different things? Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Wind, fire, earth, fire, wind, water, and heart. Come on now. And heart, heart was one of them. Yes, Mati from Brazil or wherever he was from. Captain Planet. What were the what were the things of Captain Planet? It was fire, earth, earth wind, water, and heart. Well, there's only three. Earth, fire, wind, water, heart. Yeah. Heart. Of course, they had to give they had to give the Irish guy the fire because he was a redhead. He was American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was an Irish American. Wheeler. Yeah. He was from the US. Yeah, Irish United American. States. And then there's Linka. I'm looking Linka at Captain Planet now. UK. He had Captain a mullet. Planet. Dude, he's got some he's, he's got some thighs on him. Oh yeah. He was doing his squats, baby. Doing oh, yeah. his squats. Man. He Captain looks like Lex Luger. Leg day, baby. Yeah. He was like, yeah. He was rich. He's fighting on the planet side. When Jeez. you're fighting on the planet side, you need some legs. All right. He was the ultimate yeah. warrior of the yeah. earth. He looks like the ultimate warrior. This is incredible. <laughs> Captain oh, Planet. So right. what would every episode be? Would they like take on some every sort episode? Of there would be it's, like it's, yeah. It would be like his... some type of plot, some type of usually it was like the same the bad guys. And yeah. they were doing something that was polluting the environment and and really hurting, you know. What? The... Real quick, what was? Do you know his number one arch nemesis? Who was number one? I don't know the name of it. Was it like Pollution Bill or something? Like what was it? You know, Smog Jerry. What the hell is his name? I don't know. I'm, I'm reading it? about it. All right, so I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background. Uh, Captain Planet. Was um, according to Wikipedia, it had uh, various episodes were constructed to touch on relevant themes uh, for the modern audience. And this is yeah. 1991. Oil first, spills. There was three. First one was mind pollution. The episode mind pollution was notable for dealing with the issues of drug abuse. Oh boy. Whoa. This is explained oh. by the fact that the characters thought of drug morning. addiction as the pollution of the mind. This episode revolved around uh, epidemic of a designer drug known as Bliss. Oh boy. <laughs> Bliss was Sounds created amazing. by- that's, This, that's this might drug. be the bad guy. Here comes the bad guy. Bliss was created by verminous scum was the bad guy. <laughs> verminous <laughs> scum. Um, and- I love it, what a name. Oh, oh, here we go. 
It included a scene of Linka's cousin, Boris, mm. jumping through a window and dying of a drug overdose. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Pretty subtle stuff. Cartoon? She was from the Soviet Union. So, wow. Link. Later, later on, Ukraine. But, yeah. Yeesh. Um, yeesh. How yeah. many seasons? The Jack other one, were there? I think it's just a couple. I think it might be two or maybe we probably all saw reruns of it because it says 91 and 92 here the other uh thing and i'll be really quick i promise is population bomb in 1991 continued the trend of tackling controversial subject matters atypical for children's cartoons (laughs) for instance the problem of overpopulation (laughs) using mice as substitutes for humans no wonder they went with yeah no wonder they went with beetlejuice over captain planet you know not a lot of kids to talk about overpopulation and then you're gonna love this one uh the last one is a formula for hate this episode titled formula for hate was also unusual for the series that (laughs) that it was the first episode in american children's animated series that directly dealt with hiv aids pandemic in the episode, <laughs> Scum. In the episode, Scum brainwashes a local community into thinking that the virus. Verminous scum. Verminous scum. Verminous scum uh, brainwashes the local community into thinking that the virus, uh, the HIV/AIDS pandemic virus, can be spread through casual contact, and thus causing people to oh, hate God. and fear a young man infected with HIV oh. named Todd Andrews, who is voiced by neil patrick harris how about it coach can he play hey what's he doing here he's not gonna infect my players get him out of here he's got aids it's okay coach i don't want to cause trouble stay put todd this is supposed to be a school but i think these people need a little education about the hiv virus May I have your attention, please? A lot of you are worried about AIDS. And there's a rat in your midst who's been spreading lies. Give him the facts, coach. You can't get AIDS from casual contact. Hugging, touching, they're okay. You can use the same water fountain or eat in the same cafeteria. It's safe. You've been led astray by lies. Todd hasn't changed. That's right. He's the same kid who played his heart out for you right here on this court last week. Deal with the real, people. Get the facts. If Todd had any other disease, you'd be cheering him on. Right now, Todd needs your support. The power is yours. So what are you going to do? Turn your back on him or give him the chance he deserves? What are you waiting for? You heard the people. Suit up. Thanks, Captain Planet. Now go win your game, Todd. Wow. Wow. Man, they wow. got it. They calling your shot. I don't know what is. They Jesus. are. Hey, man, that's that seems like uh, noble work they were doing to me. I mean, they, they were going for it. Yeah, right, man. Cool. It. Trying to get rid of the stigma around HIV. I mean, that's a, a tall order for a children's TV show, but yeah, hey. I'm sure the seven-year-olds were loving it. Hey, maybe Xander watched it, you know? Maybe I 
I fucking love that show. Huh? No, man. Xander only showed up when you were a dick. I loved that show. The show was not not just me. Not just me. They should have done a crossover with the X-Men cartoon. That would have been a really good crossover. Yeah. Yeah, what yeah, uni- what great. universe is Captain Planet in? Is he in like a their own? DC They're not. A, he's not Marvel or DC. Yeah, it was created by yeah. Ted Turner. Damn. <laughs> you did your homework on Captain P. All right, now, I okay, was a fan. So let's, uh, I was a fan. Let, let's put her to a vote. Shake, rattle, and roll. You're first. Lame Rad. or ready? Rad to the highest order. All right, good deal. Uh, Alejandro, lame or rad? Rad. I'm rad all the way. Rad Tad Simpson. All right, nice. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna round it out with a Mondo Rad. I wasn't at first, but then you you got me hooked with that AIDS uh, AIDS episode. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna make it we're gonna make it a Mondo Rad for old Captain P. Another right. win for uh, NPH. Yeah, hey dude, NPH is the man. I love him. Um, so okay, so let's do this. Uh, do we want to do one more shake? Time for one more? Yeah, I think we got we got time for one more. All right. You got one, Matt? I do. I'm gonna bring it back to I'm gonna bring it back to the board games. Mm. And we're gonna talk about a little board game called Hungry Hungry Hippos. Did that have a, a jingle? That didn't have a jingle, did it? I'm sure it did. I mean, I, I can picture the commercials. Sure. Hungry, hungry hippos! Yeah! All right. I, I, I didn't know this. Apparently, all the hippos, I think, had names. I didn't know that. I thought they were just like, you know, pink, Colors. purple, green, and yeah. blue or whatever. Yeah. I think they all had names. Not sure. Yeah. But uh, either way, either way, Hungry Hippos, another game that was like a lot of physicality and a lot of fighting going on with Hungry. Yeah. A lot I didn't of, like games like yeah. that that just rewarded people for just slapping and pressing. Yeah, and, it's a slap yeah. happy game. Yeah. Like there's there's no like uh, delicacy, you know. You yeah. can't be an elegant yeah. uh, hungry hungry hippo player. Yeah. No. No. There's not much finesse. Not a lot of skill at all. Yeah. 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 But not a lot of skill and, and we had i had a neighbor across the street you guys you oh, guys all both know her well we know we know her yeah maybe i'll say her name just to use the bleep again she tried to but, kill me once <laughs> but didn't she, she try to sleep with bell too she tried to kill several Dan. times i yeah. don't think didn't so. bell did bell ever sleep with her no I, maybe <laughs> no that's weird like no, are you are you are you, <laughs> are you shitting this, me but he only sleeps with girls from norristown that we never met before <laughs> yeah obviously um anyway uh, uh anyway uh our our neighbor across the street uh who you guys all knew well she was a owner of hungry hungry hippos and operation and did you guys have like a very strict board game house where like you would have all the parts and like put them in ziploc bags and stuff yeah they did and i and looking back on it it's probably a pretty good move we we did that for one game i know the game that we took we took very seriously in our house which was monopoly yeah monopoly was like monopoly was very organized we had like a big like tin case 
we had like a, a felt like board like a, a wood not all of them all of them were the plastic whatever with all their shit yeah. everywhere well, with the ours was like we thin, yeah. very separate we had like a felt it was a, a a wood board that had felt in the middle like a casino yeah it was very much we took that game very seriously in our i love that very dude seriously. i really actually i look back fondly on that that you guys really cared about monopoly so much it was it was really cool. A lot of, like, lot of fights. A lot there, of fights. Most people out there would say like, I don't think I've ever played a full game of Monopoly. I know. Finished I know. It's Monopoly. weird. Whenever I try to get people to play Monopoly, they're like, Ugh. I have a I have like I a won't fast version of the game and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't play it. You were good at it. No, I was the best, but I'm not playing it anymore. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the game is just it's too much. I thought it's too much. You lose friends that way. You have to play with your family because they'll stick around, but you lose friends playing Monopoly. That's right. Yeah. Once, once, yeah, but once you play Monopoly, you are family. You get through a whole game. <laughs> <laughs> you get through a whole game and you're okay. talking to each other. Well, all right, on. We're, we're using all the the games that we're going to throw in memory yeah, yeah, lane eventually. Hungry, okay. Hungry, we get it. Let's vote. <laughs> all right. So I brought it up, so I'm going to give it a lame. All right. Alexandre, what do you got? Uh... I think, I mean, it's a staple, right? I mean, yeah, like, but did you ever have fun playing it? No. Quit badgering the witness. No. Nope, no badgering yeah. the witness. We're, we're done debating. I mean, sure. Yeah, it's lame. All right. Shake, rattle, and roll. What do you got, babe? Oh, it's lame. It's lame. That was so, you know, Matt. You, you, you're, you're bending these people, man. You can't be. You're you're litigating with them. You know, years from now, when I people didn't... look back on this, they need to know that we we preserved, you know, the the sacred voting. I mean, looking back on it, would Alex and you know, twenty years from now, when he looks at this episode again, is he going to want to know that? You know, he would regret having said radical. Oh, yeah. twenty years. He would have. He definitely. It would have been the wrong choice. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm, I did him. I did him a favor. All right. Over. He's trying. Right. He's trying to run for president, and then you know, his, I give a his, shit the with guys, you guys. You voted skip it as rad. I don't did care. not. He would have looked so dumb. But the if show did rad but the for him. I years. voted in history. Lame. History has its eyes on that episode, and you will be judged. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I mean, I'll be judged fairly. Yep. <laughs> looking at you. Okay, so. uh Ugh. Yeah, skip it. All right. So we're gonna skip talking about uh -huh. that. So uh either way, uh so that was memory lame. All right, another rounding segment of memory lame is in the books. So let's uh let's move it up and move it on, okay. All right, fans, time for a break in the action. We're bringing back our favorite segment. Uh, it's called 90 Seconds of 90 Day Fiance, where we talk about a show on TLC where immigrants try and trick ugly Americans to marry them to get green cards. Our good friend, Party Boy Pete McCormick, is here to tell about some of the awesome stories from that show. Party Boy Pete, what's the story? Hello, party people. This is Party Boy Pete McCormick with 90 Seconds of 90 Day Fiance. And today we're going to be talking about David and Annie. David is 45, going on 75 from Kentucky, and he's also on his third gastric bypass surgery. 
Annie is from Thailand and they met at a ping pong bar. So you know she's a classy lady. Annie's confused at why David doesn't have more money and he can't pay the dowry of three cows and a bunch of gold. David has explained that he spent all of his money in his divorce and he's borrowing money from his friend Chris who asked Annie if she would give him a Thai massage. These two are going to be best friends. When they meet David's daughter, she accuses Annie of being a hooker and Annie's upset about it. Surprising. Anyway, they're back in the U.S. and they're living in the office above Chris's storage building that doesn't have a kitchen. They would give them an apartment, but David doesn't want to work because he has a master's degree. And when they talk about Boom Boom, they aren't talking about cooking. Anyway, that's 90 Seconds of 90 Day Fiance with Party Boy Pete McCormick. Back to you, Matt. All right, and that was 90 Seconds of 90 Day Fiance with a good friend, Party Boy Pete McCormick. Now, back to the show. Um, so I did want to bring this up, all right? And it's something that I think Alex would like to speak about, and it's something that he should, because he was in a very unique position. So I'm going to tell a little story time real quick, okay? Uh, so let's say this is 2007-ish, maybe 2008-ish, maybe 2007-ish, maybe 2006-ish, that time period, right? It's Halloween, right? The, the end of Halloween. the Bush administration. Yeah, who, yep, big, big, uh, big reminder there. The fall so, uh, of the yep. Bush administration. The fall of the Bush. So, uh, either way, it's Halloween, right? And I'm at a little tavern in, uh, in, uh, Chalfont, which is a town near Lansdale, Pennsylvania, land of the free, home of the brave. And I'm there with a couple buddies, and it's Halloween in a bar back then. And I think it would still happen now as people are all dressed up and the girls are looking kind of trampy and, and the dudes mm. are dressed in awesome costumes like you know you Monster see, Mash. yeah you're seeing some uh you know you're seeing some good ones i remember i saw a captain hook that was really good and you know you see the cobra kai walking around and all that schmutz and then uh then a one a buddy of mine comes in dressed as marty mcfly now we won't say this buddy's name because he has spurned the podcast and uh and well he uh you know i'm gonna he can go piss up a rope for all i care uh, either way, he has spurned the podcast. He did it in a very unprofessional manner. But either way, I'm there with a couple buds. Uh, Kev, uh, uh, shake your brother. Kev is there, mm-hmm. and uh, so what was he dressed? This at? guy comes. He did. He didn't dress up. Yeah. That so makes sense. he, he never. came. Come on. Yeah, he was a total Fucking wet moron. noodle. Um, yeah, but he comes. <laughs> so. This guy comes in, our buddy dressed as Marty McFly, comes flying in, right? Comes right up to me, and he's like, yo, Matt, is it true? Is it true? And I was like, is, uh, is what true? And he was like, dude, is it true about Alex? And I was like, is what true about Alex, right? He's like, is it true Alex is gay? And I'm like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, because Alex had had a girlfriend and all these things, right? So he was like, dude, is it true Alex is gay, right? And I'm like, bro, I don't fucking know, man. Is he? I don't know, right? So either way, uh, we get to the bottom of it, and I guess find out that, yes, Alex had, at that how point, I just got to the bottom of it. We really, we, we uh, sorted it all out. <laughs> well, I tur- actually, I turned to Kev. I was like, Kev, did you hear anything? He's like, someone said it at a party, and he was like, uh, they're an asshole. But either way. So I was like, man, he, he came out and I was kind of like upset a little bit because I was like, oh, man, is he 
seems like he's afraid to tell me. So what happened was maybe a, a day or two later after, you know, Marty McFly leaves us, we're back at my mom's house, right? And I go up to Alex and I was like, hey, is there something you wanted to tell me? And he says, he's like, yeah, um, I like, I like boys. Yeah, I do. And I was like, you know, in my, in my mind, and I understand because where we were raised, it's very much like a blue collar area. And like, we were using the, the F word a lot to describe, like, we wouldn't like, we wouldn't say you're an F word because you're necessarily gay. We would say it because you're like a piece of shit, you know, or like an asshole. Like we would say it like that. Right. So we would say it like that, you know, like we weren't like trying like to us. It was, I don't know. You know, it was what it was. Obviously it was a different time and we shouldn't have been using that language, whatever. Right. But either way I was, you know, the, the, the guys I was hanging with and all that things, I could see why he didn't want to tell me. Right. But I told him then is that, look, man, uh, you know, you're my brother and I love you and I do anything for you. And I don't care and I'll support you with whatever. You know what I mean? And he's just like, okay, that's great. So Alex, I wanted to bring that up because he's like, okay, that's great. Yeah. You're the All best. right, now let's uh, end this conversation <laughs> right out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So either way, I wanted to bring that up because Alex, it, it was because you have two older brothers and an older sister, and we did go to Catholic school and like all these things there was like i felt like there was like some pressure on you to feel a certain way right where it's like i guess you you didn't you feel that way exactly there's like a yeah. like there, there was a lot of pressure on you like it, you know like like people just saying like this is how you're supposed to feel and this is how you're supposed to be and this is how it's supposed to be right and you're inside feeling a different way and, you know, you had to come to grips with that. Can you talk about like being in like a kind of small town and having to deal with that in Catholic school and things like that? And like what kind of, you know, what, you know, what eventually where you were just like, I'm fed up with this lie. I, I want to be true. So give us kind of like a, a well, yeah, I mean, you were, um, you were telling us. You know, you were, don't get it twisted. You were hitting on chicks and, and going on dates and had girlfriends and things well, like that, you know? Like, yeah. But it was just you being, you were struggling with the identity of it, right? I was a real ladies' man. Um, hey, you were. You no, had more I girlfriends mean, than anywhere else. Yeah, it was, um, no, so, well, I mean, that's a loaded question, right? Like, yeah, so our community, you could say, was more conservative, not really, uh, you know, we, it was a different time. The world was, yeah. was different, you know? Yep. We were, the country Agreed. was in a pretty different place. And, you know, across the aisle, people were not pro-gay marriage or gay rights or anything like that. So, and don't ask yeah. them to tell what's going on. It was all this stuff. But, yeah. and yeah, we went to Catholic school and there was like, sure, there was some pressure, but only, but pressure in the sense of like, you know, if you're gay, you're going to hell. <laughs> like you're, you're going to die. <laughs> like that kind of pressure, you know, <laughs> like it, what I, what, what somebody, I, I was listening to somebody else talk about their coming out experience and the way they describe it is at, especially at that time, right? being gay no no one would would have chosen to be gay at that time 
for the fact that it was wholly inconvenient. It, it was just a very inconvenient experience. You know, you're going through puberty, you're growing up, you're, you're already insecure about a lot of things. I was insecure about how I looked. I was yeah. insecure about, you know, how I dressed, everything on for yeah. know, whatever, for being too small, being too dumb, being too smart, being too whatever. And um, yeah. then on top of it, there's like this secret, right. That you just, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to tell anybody because of all these reasons. I mean, my biggest thing, my biggest concern, which is kind of, kind of fucked up, but, but it threw no pressure from my friends at all. I had amazing friends and, you know, I had built up this kind of persona, at least in my head. I had this like reputation in my mind. I've thought of myself, you know, like I, I orchestrated my high school experience, my senior year, especially to kind of like, it was like, the a dream experience i kind of got to do whatever i want yeah. um yeah. you know was dating someone and was like you know living out this movie theater ferris bueller kind of lifestyle and it was it was really like that was cool and then on the the underside of it was like oh yeah well there's like you know a little bit of a, a dark secret but you know, I was on the wrestling team in high school. I was, <laughs> which we could talk about too, as a really smart decision as a closet <laughs> gay man. But um, the who but was my, your drilling partner? It was Jimmy, which was fine because like I, there's there was nothing there, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but if the, you could have chosen, if you could have chosen a drilling partner, <laughs> who would it have been? A a drilling partner. He funny. Yeah. Funny use of words there. Um, no, I don't. But they're know. cold. I don't know. There was, you know, we can get. Would it have been Chode? What was his name? Choder? Huh? Didn't you have a kid on the team named Chode or no, Choder? We had a kid on the team with a Chode, but we didn't have a kid on the team named Chode. <laughs> but um, no. So my biggest concern when I was when I was coming out was not was not for me so much of like yeah. my reputation that was part of it but it was for my friends i felt this immense loyalty to my friends and to my my group you know and i felt like it was going to be a bad reflection on them and the idea that my best friends the ones that were like my brothers were so close with we spent every day together we were like you know all the time together i felt like it was going to hurt their reputations. People were going to look at them weird. They were going to have to deal with shit. And that was like a big, a big concern for me. Uh, so that was a reason why I was like, I didn't, I didn't want that. And I didn't want yeah, to your kinda... ego is small. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> well, yeah. And I had a big ego. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I was like, you know, you think the world revolves around you. You think people give a shit sure. about your life sure. at the time, you know? Yeah now go ahead I don't feel that way but and, and that's the thing is like high school was it was like a chameleon act is what it is like i was very good friends with alex growing up alex was like a year older than me so me alex and john would be hanging out constantly and i ended up getting very involved with the sports and mm -hmm. gaining a whole 
crew of friends that were strictly sports people at high school. And I was also friends with Alex and John who uh, were very much not sports people in high school and were more of just the let's party and have an awesome time. And, you know, like you said, Ferris Bueller type shit. And I, there were moments where you have to be a chameleon and you act one way around one crew and you act a different way. And on top of it, you're at like your peak immaturity where you have your faculties, you can, you know, you're, you're fully operational as a human, except you're super immature and you don't have all your morals like lined up. You don't like have any lessons, life right. lessons. And you, you think know? you know everything. I mean, like, yeah, just, you're super go on and on yeah. about like that. Like you, that and Alex, thing. you were saying like you had this like persona that you saw yourself as, yeah. that you wanted other people to see you as. Yeah. And then like, I'm, we all had that. We all yeah. saw ourselves as whoever it was, you know, super duper movie star, you know, <laughs> getting all of the, you know, whoever, <laughs> getting all the chicks in my, in my, you know, I not remember my, you- Not in my experience. Yeah. <laughs> But I remember you would make fun of me all the time for like putting on the persona of being a ladies man. And like, I, you know, what I love is in super bad when they have that scene where the um, Jonah Hill is like talking to the girl and saying like, yeah, last weekend was pretty wild. Or maybe it was Michael Sarah, like pretty wild. We, uh, you know, we ended up getting pretty wasted and there, you know, there were some people coming yeah. and going to the party and it's just, a bunch of dudes in a basement getting loaded and throwing up right. and feeling disgusting right. about it. And that's like, listen, yeah. that was like that 90% was like, of what the experience yeah. was, but <laughs> it was, was incredible. So it. And, yeah. and yeah. you know what, man, like you're right. Like it certainly would have been a curveball to like you and I didn't get to tackle the whole theme of, you know, the whole idea of you being gay until much later, like when we were almost through college and everything, and honestly, I think it's because my my brain just didn't develop to the point where I could have a conversation about it, you know, until then. And, you know, I, I remember in high school, um, a buddy and I, we worked for, we did, um, we remodeled someone's house. And the guy who owned the house and was like our boss was a very open gay man. And he was in the military. And he was like the kind of guy that just like constantly wants to give you lessons and life lessons. And him being a gay dude was like, it was incredible because it was a, a totally different story that I never got. Like, not only is this guy going to give me a million stories and he's totally openly gay. It's like, all right, well, you're the only person on planet earth that's willing to talk to me about this stuff or is talking to me about this stuff. And I remember one time, like I wasn't paying attention and we were talking about somebody else at the high school we went to. And I said something along the lines of, yeah, I think he's just putting that, that, I think he might be gay, but I think he's just putting on an act. It seems like he just wants attention. And he said to let, me, let on. Yeah. What? Let's be, I don't want to interrupt. You're doing good. Shay. I don't want to interrupt, but I do want it to be said that was in the back of everyone's mind because Alex was such a Ferris Bueller and he was yeah. such a joke. Oh, this wasn't about he, Alex. This was about somebody else that, it, that I went to high school with. Oh, all right. Well, either way, but Alex, that is to be said that a lot of people thought you were fucking with them. Because you were such like a, a fucker, was, like yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true yeah. in Alex's case. But but that might have been a strategy. Yeah, <laughs> and and dude, if this doesn't work out, I need a backup plan. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Oh, sorry, Jake. Jake, I interrupted you. Sorry. So you're No, yeah. but, okay. So, so, you're... so I I was like working. We were probably like landscaping a fucking backyard, like digging holes, 
in the backyard and, and we were talking about this person that my buddy and I mutually went to high school with. And I said offhandedly that I thought he was pretending to be gay or, or just doing it for attention because he, he had a bunch, you know, it's a, if it's a stereotype or not, he had a bunch of girls around him. And when you're a very frustrated man, like a young man, like me, extremely you know, infuriating to have all the girls around yeah. and not, like none of them give me any attention. You know, that, that's what my you brain know, is The doing. best way to get girls, get into the friend zone. Yeah. And then work your way in through there. Right. And I had maybe this they'll like- let, Maybe they'll let you in the room while they're peeing. Yeah. <laughs> that's the big payoff. <laughs> so get I had this like, I had this like 65 year old, like ex Navy guy who has given, like he's taught me literally how to use every tool I've ever used. Like he taught me how to remodel a whole house like everything like yeah <laughs> this guy was like an absolute like awesome influence on my life and he just was like i want you to think about what that calculation would be to put on an act like that and how would that possibly be worth it in your like overall life to pretend to be gay just for attention like that you know please think about that and i was like all right i'll think about it and i've been thinking about it ever since like yeah like we all, like you said, we're so overconfident. Like we think we, we, we have it all figured out and we just don't, man. Like I would say, especially too, at that time, right. Because there wasn't really much of, there was really no incentive from society, right. To now it's like when people come out, it's like celebrated, right. Which is great. Yeah. You know, it's great that, that there's more support out there for folks. Um, yeah. But at the yeah. time, that certainly wasn't the case. At best, you could hope not to be shunned or rejected. You know, mm -hmm. that's kind of the best thing, the best case scenario, which is what ended up happening with me, which was awesome, you know, but, uh, but worst case scenario was, was more likely for a lot of people where, you know, you get, you lose friends, you lose, you might lose family over it, you know, or lose I, I do i do want i do want to say this right when we say like we were catholic and everything and they were had a thing about it our parents though did not they were very much like very pro pro gay like very much because we would have cousins and stuff that were that would come out as you know as gay and and things like that and our parents were like, you do not, like, don't treat them any differently. Don't look at them a different way. Like, they're very much just the same person. And it's okay. They can like who they like. You know, they're still good people, you know? Like, our, yeah. like JT is who I'm thinking of, is our cousin JT. And when he came out, I remember our, my dad would tell us later, like, when he would get sick, JT was, like, the, one of the first ones at the hospital. You know, so it doesn't matter like what you he, my dad always says, like, it doesn't matter what you believe in. Everyone's kind of an asshole. You know, it doesn't matter if you're gay or not. You know, you can be whatever. It doesn't make you it should, you shouldn't be judged by your sexual orientation. So that wasn't so much our parents were like saying, oh, you know, the gay thing's going to burn you. That was more like school and, and things like that. No, our parents I mean, were. No, I, I would I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't fully say that. I think that they were, um, they certainly didn't believe in like bullying people. They, they weren't about, um, you know, my dad was really big about not picking on the little guy kind of thing was something he would say. Um, yeah. 
but also, you know, we definitely had conversations about, <laughs> it was hilarious. I remember I, I got really into Britney, Britney Spears. I'm a diehard Britney fan. Mm -hmm. um, she's my gay avatar. And aren't, aren't we all? When, uh, when Oops, I Did It Again came out, I had the, the CD, it was the first CD I ever bought. And yeah, I was like listening to it and I'd be like dancing around the house. <laughs> I remember he like pulled me aside and he was like, you know, I'm glad you like this Britney Spears character because uh, it means that you're attracted to the right gender. And I was <laughs> like, did he? Yeah. Did he really? Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I didn't know. That. I was like, looked at him. I was like, yes, <laughs> that's that's what it is, Dad. I am her. I didn't. <laughs> I am Britney Spears, Dad. <laughs> I didn't know you said no, that. There was always stuff, you know, like when I was a kid, you know, like I wanted to be a, a Disney princess at night, you know, like wear one of my dad's t-shirts, like tie a belt around it, but I have a princess. And my parents would be like, how about a knight? Why don't, <laughs> maybe a knight. You want to be a knight? They dress like that too. I'd be like, no, I'm a princess. <laughs> like, let me swirl. You know, and it was like, it was cool. They were just like, don't go outside like that. And, um, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. I don't think they were, were bigots at all. I just, I, but they definitely were. Do you think part of it too was them worried like they didn't want to see you get picked on too? Sure, Because sure, it had, like now I don't think you would be, but had you, you like, we did kind of make fun of you as kids for being like a, you know, like we'll say like, I know it's like being like a Nancy you know, but like, I feel like had you were going outside and dressed as, dressed as a princess, I feel like it would have been, you know, like you didn't act that like you were just norm, but like, I'm not trying to, you were just kind of normal. It was just normal. like, there was, I'm just saying like, you weren't like outlandishly doing crazy things, you yeah, know? Man, I learned, I learned how to, you know, like, you learn how to well, what, if, chameleon, like monitor if, your behavior. If you could go, if you could go back, then would you would I be like change that? Would I be like, how would you have behaved had there been no restrictions? No, I mean, I like, like who I am. I, I like who I am now. I like how I turned out. I, I don't think that I would. Uh, I don't think I would change anything. I think though that like because gay or yeah, if it's well, me, gay or I'm not, like, you're yeah. I feel like gay or not, you're every kid's trying to be a chameleon, you know, like we all wanted to be gangsters coming up. You know what I mean? Like everyone tries to act a certain way to act like the tough guy or something like that. You know, like, I feel like everyone kind of plays a chameleon act, but you were in, in a way like hiding from your, from your real self. Right. Like we were trying to amplify our chameleons. You were trying to do a chameleon to cover something else up. Is that how it kind of goes? I have no, I mean, I don't know. I, cause I don't know what it's like to not be, to not be gay. Right. I don't know. I can't say what I would or wouldn't have done differently. Right. Because what happened happened and, and that's like, it, it shook out the way it shook out, you know? So I don't know if I would have been, maybe I would have like done it one time and gotten beat up and never done it again. I, I don't know. So, yeah. it, but, uh, and I didn't feel necessarily like repressed as a kid. I know that there were things I didn't do like in high school, 
when I became aware, it wasn't so much when I was a little kid. It was when I became a teenager and became aware of, Mm -hmm. hey, and other people started to be aware that I remember the first time a kid came up to me, it was like, I heard you're gay or blah, blah, blah. When I was like 12 years old or 13 years old. And I was like, who said that? Right. And they were like, my mom. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck your mom. <laughs> fuck that. Uh, bitch. Fuck your mom. Get Alex, I'm <laughs> sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't you, actually. It was your friend. But um, so no, so then I like I really started at that point is when I started to kind of like notice my behavior and be like, oh shit, like, okay, what do I need to do to kind of hide that you know or double down on these Mm -hmm. things so i didn't i stopped you know i didn't do anything with like theater or like performing people used to say oh man you should try out for plays like you're like you're always joking around you're doing these voices and all this stuff you should do that and i was like fuck no fuck no because that will put a you know that'll put a spotlight on that Mm -hmm. i don't want to do anything that's gonna and then i started to learn how to use humor to kind of, you know, in straight culture, um, there's a lot of like homoerotic humor. Like there's a lot of like big time. And so like I saw that and and doing all that. Yeah, 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 like all that stuff. And so I was like, oh, okay. So if it's if you just like, you know, yeah. Yeah, learn what's learn like I kind of had to figure out how to mask anything with like humor and with and and i would like you know not go too far with that kind of shit and like be you know what i mean so you just had to learn kind of what was the what was normal right what was viewed as normal and try to do that and and it was really Mm -hmm. like method acting so i just pretended Mm -hmm. and hoped i really just hoped you know that maybe i could be maybe i could like try and uh make it work and you know maybe i could i i tried to date girls i tried to i tried to be straight i was like you know like who knows because i because i wanted that life i wanted uh family kids all all that stuff and i was like oh maybe i can fake it till you make it kind of thing uh yeah but uh so do you feel like was it fear of like uh, not being accepted and fear of like you know like maybe you're not supposed to feel this way or like what kind of fear was it that made you go to like the chameleon phase was it fear essentially or like just a want to be accepted or like oh i'm not like you didn't know like it was okay to feel this way like what were the feelings putting you into the chameleon kind of phase no i mean yeah i mean i think everybody wants to fit in right so agreed yeah especially that age yeah so you know everybody's kind of doing getting succumbing to peer pressure different things you don't really know who you are you you have this idea of what high school is supposed to be like based off of movies and oh yeah you know and you want to fit in and then at the same time you're like i don't know fucking like horny all the time and and it's just like (laughs) it's like a crazy weird experience you know and so yeah i definitely didn't want that to come out like i didn't want my i didn't want anybody to know you know because Mm -hmm. it would like mess up my plans you know for 
for what I wanted to do in my life. And yeah, it would, it would mess that up. And also yeah. I wouldn't be cool. I didn't think I could be cool and be gay at the same time. And I wanted to be cool way more than I wanted mm. to be gay. I mean, I didn't Interesting. want to. So mm. it was like, it's really screwing. I'm already got wow. acne. I got braces. Yeah. I've got things stacked against me in the cool, cool pile. The only thing I got, older brother is that I've got, I've got good yeah. friends. You know, I've got good friends. I've got a sense of humor, and I'm involved in a couple different things that kind of put me in the ends. And I, at the time, you know, had access to, you know, booze and a place to party, and and so that those were what I had working with me. And so I, I. I, you know, put all my, put all my chips on red and just went for it in that column. And, and that was it. Um, and so does that, is that how you do it with poker? You put all your, or no, with blackjack, what is it? Craps, craps. Put your chips on the table. Yeah. <laughs> put all your craps, right? You put all your chips on something anyway. So, sure. uh, you know, that's just what I, that's what I did. And it was, it was successful. I was pretty happy with how it mm-hmm. turned out. I mean, I had a yeah. great time. I had a blast. But uh, at the end of of that, it was like, you know, lonely. And it was like time to, I, I had this one, this feeling all the time that was tough was, and I don't know if other people experience it, like in the same way. I'm sure people know. do. Well, I'm sure other I'm people, people I'm do. Sure, I'm sure other other i don't know if this is something that you guys had but what i had all the time was you know i was surrounded by people that were my friends and that you know that really like loved me and and all this stuff and i always in the back of my mind thought you know well if they really knew me they wouldn't you know that was like that was kind of the, Jeez. that's kind of like what it's like. You, you're walking around when you have yeah. a secret, it doesn't have to be being gay, but when you're living with a secret, you have yeah. this thing in the back of your mind, like, well, if they knew the truth, would they actually feel this way? And it's not just friends, it's their parents. It's, it's like family. Yeah. It's, it's all these oh, people yeah. that you're connected yeah. with and you have this close connection with, but it's not a hundred percent because you're like, mm, yeah, but there's this thing that, I don't, and you're always thinking in the back of your mind, like, would this person be cool with it? You know, they just, they did just say that, you know, or they, 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 you know, but then I was saying shit too, right? I was playing (laughs) into it. I was doing that too. I was just as homophobic as the next guy, right? I wasn't like standing up for anybody in the gay community. Cause again, I didn't want to sign on my back. I didn't want to target on me. So I was trying to be normal. And so I, I was playing into that stuff, but not too much <laughs> either. Right. You know, I didn't want to be too much of like the gay hater because mm-hmm. uh, that would put me a spotlight on me in the other direction. So, you know, just learn how to figure, learn how to play it like just enough. Um, yeah. People still questioned, you know, cause I was weird. I was yeah. eccentric. I was, I was yeah. still like singing all the time or artistic and, yeah, you know, so it was a fine line. Yeah. And, uh, but it's yeah, a shame no. that you had to go through that. I'm sorry you had to do that. It's, you, you know, know and it's just. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, a shame. <laughs> I mean, thanks, but like, everybody has their struggles, right? Everybody has something that they're dealing with. Everybody has uh, hurdles, challenges that that we don't know about. Um, 
And I, I think it's probably the best thing that happened to me because it gave, gave me or best thing I dealt with in my life because it gave me insight into what it's like to be not, you know, to be other. Like we grew up in this community where, you know, it, the, the difference between you was whether you were Italian or Catholic, but you were or Italian or Irish, but you were all Catholic or mm-hmm. Polish, you know, you're all Catholic. You all went to the same school. You dressed the same way. You hung out and you played the same sports. You did the same. It, 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 we hung out with a lot of people that were just the same. Amen. Us. Totally. So like, yeah. it yeah. gave me an insight. You're in a bubble. What's it? I know, like, cause I know what it's like to, to be somewhere and wonder if someone's going to start shit with you just because of, cause you're different than them, just because of who you are, you know? And, mm-hmm. And that, that, that insight I thought was pretty priceless going out into the world, you know, and kind of, you know, learning about different perspectives and how different people grew up and all these things. And so, yeah, Yeah. I don't see, I don't feel like a victim of it. I don't feel like, honestly, I I had a great childhood. I think I had a great life. It was just, that was something I dealt with. Honestly, I think that the the one thing you were saying about having something inside of you and thinking that, man, if these people knew who I really was, would they still like me? And I think that's a common feeling that everyone has because I had that too, you know, and it's almost, it's almost like finding being comfortable. You know, I know it's like a cliche, but being comfortable with who you are, yeah. you know, and like once once you learn to like love yourself and be comfortable with who you are, that just helps you grow as a person. And it is tough where like, you know, for, for me, it's a little different because like, you know, I'm in our community at least or where we were growing up, like I wasn't gay and I kind of fit the prototype of just being like a white fucking meathead kind of guy, you know? So it's like, for those kind of things, like honestly, I would have loved to be in the theater and stuff in high school. Yeah. Fucking love. And I like regret not doing things like that. You know what I mean? And like, I, know, I don't know. Like, so, kind of those kids sucked. I mean, let's be real. That was the other thing too. I wasn't really like <laughs> jazzed about hanging out with the the theater kids. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I love theater kids now because I, I converted, I became one, but, but at, in high school, I was like, yeah. Yeah. Some yeah, of them were no. And yeah. those plays were just God off. But it should be mentioned that, uh, you know, you guys, um, like Alex, you said that we we grew up in a in a neighborhood or a town that had a very very solid prototype of like what it would be like to grow up. You you're a community of like ninety five percent white people back in the nineties, and you're either going to be Irish, Italian, Polish, and you're going to most likely be Catholic, and you're going to be an Eagles fan, and you're going to love sports. You're going to try to play every single sport. And if you have to drop out of one of them, you have a story about the time you cried and gave up that one sport, but you're still going to play a bunch of sports. And I mean, that's just like how it was for everybody. And I'm not kidding. I don't know what it is with your family, but like you guys were like a beacon, like where the Lavelle family, every other family. And like, I come from a very like cool family. I love my family. My my family was obsessed with sports. Very attractive family. Yeah, we were all incredibly <laughs> handsome. I mean, it's just, it's just a great thing because we were all beautiful, handsome men hanging out in the 90s. No, and Lenny, don't leave Lenny out. And Lenny. And, um, but and like, Lenny. we grew up in a very homophobic environment 
in the not just my family in my in my neighborhood and everything and the things that were like acceptable to be cool were had to be like heterosexually cool in a weird way like rock and roll had to have like incredibly heterosexual overtones yeah you know what I mean? like if you well think that's about, yeah for what like, we used to do for fun in high school to like kind of make fun of that was we would drive around listening to white snake and fist pumping it would be like right. four four people in the car just driving <laughs> through random neighborhoods cul-de-sacs yeah. just blaring white snake yeah pumping our fists like this is life but like uh, <laughs> But like, I mean, you you obviously, I, I don't know what it was like. The the groups of friends that I had lived in that mold for sure, mm-hmm. and I lived in that mold. John lived in that mold. Everybody lived in that mold. But for some reason, yeah. the Lavelle family, when I would go over there, you guys would be like, like, hey, Les Mis is cool. We're down with Les Mis in our family. We There's know newsies musicals. for us. Yeah, the newsies. It, yeah. It made no sense. I be I started loving the newsies because you guys love the newsies and I looked up to you. My old friend, I can't spend my whole life dreaming, though I know that's all I seem inclined to do. I ain't getting any younger, and I wanna start brand new. I need space and fresh air. Let them laugh in my face. I don't care. Say in my place. And then I would go back to my other groups of friends and, and whatever. Yeah. And people would be like, what the fuck? NASCAR. Whatever, <laughs> like NASCAR. I know. And we didn't I really watch sports in, in our house. My dad didn't watch, we didn't watch football. But it was really house. cool that you yeah, guys had, watch you, you had an, an, an opportunity to like actually appreciate things that weren't just, you know, hey, here are the three things you're allowed to like, you know. Yeah. So that that was cool. That that was cool. Lavelle family. You know, Lavelle family is an epic thing in our show. We love talking about the different dynamics and you have great, those. you know, good stories and bad stories. But, it, you know, overall, I, I enjoyed the Lavelle family. <laughs> Glad someone did. Enjoy the Byers family <laughs> from afar. Yeah, knowing I that I would the never be accepted. <laughs> I was like, Linda, Linda saw me coming from a mile away. She was like, Tommy, you're not, you're not friends with that kid. I just saw him skip. He, he was skipping down the street. That's what we find that kid. All righty, folks. Okay. All right. Okay. We're going to cut you off right there. All right. Tune in next week for the stunning conclusion of the month of Alex Lavelle, the Alex Lavelle experience, four weeks of fun, the Alex Lavelle mantra. All right. This is where we have Alex Lavelle for four weeks. That's more than anyone could ever ask for. Uh, thanks. You've made it this far. You should finally, you know, stick around to catch the finale. Um, so if you want to watch it, you can find it on all podcast platforms and on YouTube at Working Perspective Podcast. And you can find us on Spotify at the Working Perspectives Podcast. Cannot forget the. Uh, you can find us on the Twitter at 
uh, uh, Working P Pod. You can find us on Insta, Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, hit us up at workingperspectives at gmail.com. Shake diggity. Anything you want to throw in here before we peace out? Yeah, please tune into our uh, our Instagram. We're we're working like dogs on Instagram to uh, to bring some nice content to you people. So, social yeah, social goddamn social appreciation. Please, please do. Uh, you, if you're wondering what I look like, all those listeners out there, you can see it on the Instagram. So, there you go. Dreams come true. Uh, I know the voice is velvety smooth. Uh, so, yeah, you might want to check out the face as well. The voice and the face match, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yep. Well, that's everything. Uh, please tune in uh, next week for the finale, uh, the fi- the fourth and final episode of the Alex Lavelle Experience. Um, but, yeah, thanks for watching or thanks for listening. Uh, stick around for the ad read. All right. See ya. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, P is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.